As we celebrate this Feast of the Assumption, we uh, sometimes as Catholics are accused of uh, just making it all up or whatever. And after all, I, I was once asked by uh, somebody who was, when it came down to it, pretty anti-Catholic, well, where do you find that in Scripture? Well, we honestly don't find the Assumption explicitly, at least, in Scripture. We do know that uh, God has taken others to himself. Elijah and Moses, according to Jewish tradition, were taken to God, uh, having completed the course of their earthly life. So it seems fitting that the Blessed Mother, who in a very real way is more important, as important as Moses and Elijah were, it's through Mary that Christ becomes incarnate, that Christ enters this world. And so it is fitting. Well, why not, would be the next question. I have a theory about that, too. It involves a little math, not really. St. Luke tells us at the beginning of his gospel, and he tells us more about the Blessed Mother than anyone else, that I've interviewed everyone, and I've written down an ordered account, and I cannot help but think of how St. Luke would have gone to the house of John the Apostle and sat down with the Blessed Mother, I can't help but think, uh, you know, there they are drinking a glass of wine, and Mary's just sharing from her heart. And St. Luke writing that. Here's where the math is involved. She wouldn't have been that old at about 60. And in the year, year about 60, she would have been about 75. And we know in, uh, in Luke's Gospel, he records Anna and Simeon, the prophet and prophetess and prophet, who are dwelling in the temple area, and they're old, 84, 90. Sometimes we think people only live to be about 30. No, that isn't exactly true. John the Apostle himself lived to be about 90. So it's quite possible that Mary hadn't experienced whatever she experienced at the end of her life on this earth yet. And so St. Luke, and by extension, Matthew, Mark, and John, didn't record it. Now, John outlived Mary. We're relatively sure of that. Why he didn't record it, we don't know, but maybe he did. Maybe in a veiled way, recorded it in what we hear today in our first reading from Revelation. How the mother of this son, who is to, be, to rule the nations with an iron rod, was snatched away, hidden away, taken away. It's quite possible. In addition, last night uh, we had different readings for the Vigil Mass uh, than we, we, we do this morning. And last night the first reading was how they found the Ark of the Covenant, the Old Testament, Ark of the Covenant. How they found it wandering in the hills and how David, King David, brought it into the city of David brought it in and put it in a tent, and, and we didn't hear necessarily, but how he was filled with such joy that he danced with abandon before the Lord as that ark was found and brought in. And today in our first reading, we have a hint. The ark of the covenant was seen as the heavens were opened. Not just the ark of the old covenant, but now Mary's the ark of the new covenant. If you think about that ark, what did it contain, the Ark of the Old Covenant? It contained the stones of the law. It contained 
Aaron's staff, which had performed many miracles in Egypt, a sign of power, and it contained a jar, a daily portion of manna, as a reminder that God had provided for his people. Well, if that's pretty impressive, consider this, that the womb of the Blessed Mother held not the stone tablets, but the giver of the law, not the symbol of power, but the power itself, and not just a symbol of daily bread of God's providence, but the bread that became flesh for the life of the world, as we've been hearing these last weeks, the Eucharist, Jesus Christ himself. If the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament was important, and again, tradition, Jewish tradition says that God took it, that Ark to himself, to this day, no one knows where it is anyway, and there's all sorts of theories. Indiana Jones and the, and the Raiders of the Lost Ark had have one theory that anyway, it's all sort that came out like 40 years ago. Isn't that sad? <laughs> but all sorts of theories, but the Jewish people believe that it was taken to God. And if that Ark of the Covenant was taken to God, how much more important that the Ark of the New Covenant, the one that held the body of Christ, would be taken. And that's what we celebrate today. The Saint, or hopefully soon to be Saint uh, Pius XII, declared this infallibly in 1950. Some of, some of us were alive, I wasn't, but uh, some of us were alive then. And you might even remember when he declared it. It was the second such feast declared, or second such doctrine declared infallibly by the Pope. The first being, of course, the Immaculate Conception, and they are really partners. So the Blessed Mother, from the first moment of her life, preserved from sin, and at the end of her life, preserved from the corruption of sin, the corruption of death. Seems fitting. And he, in the, doc the document, declared that having completed the course of her earthly life, Mary was assumed to heaven, body and soul. And notice what he says, having completed the... He doesn't say that she died, mainly because there is an understanding that maybe she just fell asleep, that death itself is a wage of sin. Maybe she just simply fell asleep. In fact, the Eastern Catholic churches, those in communion with the church and the Orthodox Church, those in communion with the Roman Catholic, not in union with the Roman Catholic Church, declare this feast, call this feast the Dormition, the sleeping, that Mary simply fell asleep. If you go to Jerusalem, in, um, not too far away from the place where the Last Supper was held, you find a church called the Church of, church of the Dormition. There it has a beautiful mosaic. I don't have a picture of it. I, I couldn't get a decent, decent picture of it. I wish I could. But there, the Blessed Mother is lying on a bed with the apostles all around, the apostles all concerned. You can see the concern on their face and this peace, the serenity on the Blessed Mother's face because she knows what's going to happen. Tradition tells us that after that, uh, her sleeping or passing, she was put in a tomb, but the tomb was found to be empty her body gone. That's what we celebrate, that the body, soul of the Blessed Mother was taken to heaven. And so we call it the Assumption, 
not the ascension, because ascension means one raises oneself. The assumption means one is taken up. The Blessed Mother was taken up, not under her own power, but under the power of God. And we might ask then, well, if this is all true, this is what we celebrate, why do we have the visitation today? Well, there's one very easy explanation. If we're familiar enough with the Old Testament, especially as I already alluded, the finding of the Ark of the Covenant, how it wandered the hills of Judah, how it was taken into the house and David danced for joy, we might be able to see that Mary's entering the house of Zechariah and Elizabeth, having wandered the hills of Jerusalem with purpose, taken into that house, and John the Baptist jumping for joy. And Mary is the Ark of the New Covenant. And as we hear this beautiful Magnificat that we, uh, as priests and deacons and, and religious, pray daily, it's evening prayer, the Magnificat, that she tells us all nations will call me blessed. All generations will call me blessed. Blessed not just, as we heard last night, she carried Christ, she nursed Christ, but blessed because she heard that word of God and did it perfectly, without fail. Blessed because she is the Ark of the New Covenant. Blessed because she is taken up into heaven and, as we would celebrate next week, if it weren't, didn't fall on a Sunday, she is crowned Queen of Heaven and Earth. When that disturbs some of our non-Catholic brothers and sisters too, well, why do we do this? She's really crowned as Queen Mother. In the Old Testament, we hear it, that, well, you know, perhaps, that Solomon had a number of queens, a number of concubines, political, uh, advantageous to do such a thing, but he only had one mother. When he was named king after David's passing, he had a throne set up for his mother Bathsheba. There she sat on that throne, not to be queen, but to be queen mother. And only the queen mother, not even the queens, only the queen mother could go into the presence of the king without being called. And it sounds rather uh, humorous as far as I'm concerned, but if the king disobeyed his mother, uh, there was trouble. The Blessed Mother is our Queen Mother, and she shares in the leadership, the kingship of Christ, and she intercedes for us. She goes to heaven to intercede for us and to be a model. What she enjoys because of the grace that God had given to her from that first moment of her conception, what she enjoys by her assumption, the church itself will come to enjoy. That the church as the body of Christ will be taken to heaven, body and soul, to live for eternity with God the Father, to live for eternity with the Son, live for eternity with the Holy Spirit, that we will see God as he is, three in one, the beatific vision. All is hinted at what we celebrate this day as we celebrate Mary's assumption, Mary, the Ark of the New Covenant, taken to heaven.